This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. We'll give five people a high five and then you may be, take your seat this morning. We welcome all those watching online. It's just uh, staggering to me how, how many people are watching Faith Christian Center online from all over the world. It's amazing to me. But I think there's a famine for the Word of God and uh, people find a source where they can be encouraged. Amen. Amen. We're in this series, The Miracle of Seed Faith Giving, and we've been in this one message for three Sundays. We'll wrap it up today. Releasing your faith through seed faith giving. Releasing your faith through seed faith giving. The number one, things, the number one thing Christians fail to do, in my opinion, is they fail to follow God's Word when it comes to success and money. They fail to establish a covenant of increase with God. And because they fail to establish a covenant of increase with God, they flounder, they borrow too much money, and they are oftentimes reduced to continually seeking financial miracles through various means. Kenneth Hagin used to say that God's people are forever trying to get their answers through the laying on of hands or anointing of oil or fasting or various means because they're failing to be doers of the Word of God. It's all in here. Everything we need is in here. Amen. And, uh, but we fail to take action on it. For example, in the one testimony, Sue read it earlier. Uh, somebody mentioned tithing. Well, how about saving money? That's in the Bible. And uh, so people fail to take action on the Word of God and they fail to establish their own covenant of increase with God. So if you'll heed these messages, then you will find out how you can become the successful and wealthy individual you desire to be over time. It takes time. Tell your neighbor, it takes time. Tell the neighbor on the other side, it takes time. You know, John Osteen used to say, we don't have any shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. And so all of this takes time because... We're learning in this series how that faith, the principles of faith in the kingdom of God operate kind of like the earth according to seed time and harvest. All right, the great apostle of faith and healing, Smith Wigglesworth, used to say that Mark 4.28 was his favorite verse in the Bible. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. In other words, faith operates by seed time and harvest, by the principles of seed time and harvest. Say it out loud. It is the will of God that I prosper in this life 
God has a plan for me to prosper. So I'm going to work God's plan. And I'm going to prosper. I'm going to prosper now. I perceive by the Spirit there are new folks and visitors among us who have come out of a background of prejudice against success and prosperity and come out of a background where you were taught that the promises from the Bible with regard to success and prosperity were for God's Old Testament saints. Now, we've dealt with this in previous messages. Now, all you have to do to understand this bogus prejudice is this. Any preacher who preaches that, when the anniversary of his employment comes around, what does he ask his board for? Talk to me. What does he ask his board for? A raise. It's bogus. Dr. Paul Youngi Cho, who pioneered and pastored the largest church in the world until he passed away, was on the board of several Bible schools in South Korea. And he said they would stand up in their classes and teach against success and prosperity. But he noticed every year they would petition the school board of the Bible schools for a raise. So, see, everybody wants more. But they want to get religious and act like we ought not want more while they are wanting more. Well, at Faith Christian Center, we just deal with the reality of the Word of God and then also the reality that God put it in our heart to want more. Amen? So the main thing I want to communicate to you is this. You have to do something in order to pull ahead financially with God's help, with God's help, because God blesses all the work of our hands. God does not bless the bong smoking. God does not bless the weed smoking. God does not bless the welfare collecting. God blesses the work of our hands. If you desire to be supernaturally blessed and increased, then you will need to release your seed, release your faith in seed form by sowing financial seeds into the kingdom of God, into His anointing, and into His anointed. So what are we really talking about? We're talking about a lifestyle of generosity. Now, in the 2006 month of money, I taught four steps in the biblical wealth development strategy. One is make the money. Step number two, tithe the money. Step number three, save and invest the money. Step number four, sow the money. So in these days, we're talking about what the kingdom of God is like, scattering seed. Now, we're not going to rehearse it again, but the last two Sundays, I made reference to a seed we sowed from 1997 to 2000. We sowed the seed to put the roof on missionary Bud Sickler's church in Mombasa, Kenya. It is the largest church structure in East Africa. And right now, today, we, we're holding church on the harvest. You understand? I told a young man here after Saturday prayer a few weeks back. He's not a young man, but he's young to me. I said, everything you see, all that you see, all that is here is the result of the seed we sowed to put the church on that roof in Mombasa, Kenya, and the way that I treated that man and the way that I honored that man. See, a lot of times people want to disassociate their actions with the results. You know, it's like the guy who throws beer bottles at his wife and then later on wants a romantic end to the day. Well, you know, we're going to, get, we're going to reap what we sow. Galatians 6-7 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps 
what he sows. And so we've got folks out here today teaching it doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter how you handle your money, doesn't matter how you live. This is all nonsense. I said this is all nonsense. Amen. We get out of life the same thing we sow into life and we get back more of what we sow in life. Here's a great illustration. I heard this, I think it was eight days ago in a champion builder group. And this explains why sometimes people get upset with me. Say, say pastor, nobody's ever been upset with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just talk nice, even if it's just, you know, nonsense. Amen. So uh, I heard this in a champion builder group eight days ago. There's a young man in the church. He's not a young man, but he's young to me. And his mother came into some money and she said, why don't y'all build a house? I'll give you $100,000 to get started. And while you're under construction, I'll give you another 100000 Oh, no, back up, back up, back up. She, the mother said this to one of his sisters. Why don't you build a house? I'll give you $100,000 to start and I'll give you $100,000 during construction. And the sister said, no. And this young man in the church heard about this and said to his mother, I'll take that. <laughs> and so they have a house under construction right now. And guess what? And guess what? The sisters are mad at him. <laughs> tell your neighbor, this is human nature. Tell the, tell the neighbor on the other side, he's talking about human nature. And that explains why people can be upset because, see, they said no to God. And Gene and Sue said yes to God. And then they look at the results of their lives and they look at the results of our lives and they're upset. Amen. But God is an equal opportunity blesser. Say it out loud. Our great Father God is an equal opportunity blesser. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed. So I don't have time to review, but I'm going to just hit the points, give you a couple of references, and then we'll get to new ground. Number one. The giving of offerings into the gospel is based upon the principles of sowing and reaping. I already gave you Galatians 6, 7. So do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Number two, it is your seed faith giving that releases the ability of God financially in your life. We know this because Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as a seed, say it out loud, faith as a seed. If you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So if you have faith as a seed, or if you're believing becomes seed faith, no matter how small it seems to be, it will meet needs and problems that appear as impossible as mountains before you. This is because each act of faith is a seed planted and will be multiplied many times over. Now I see new people among us even on this holiday Sunday so I've got to cover some a basic concept. There's a difference between believing and faith. Faith is not believing and believing is not faith. They are not synonyms. For example, I can have totally correct believing and it do me no good whatsoever. I can believe that if I would exercise more, I would lose weight. I can believe that if I consume fewer calories, I would lose weight. 
and no one could fault my believing. My believing is completely correct. But what good does my correct believing do me? None whatsoever. And let me say something else. And oh my gosh, it's a holiday Sunday and I should totally, absolutely be so sweet and nice and behave myself. But Sue and I were watching something that Austin told us about and it comes with commercials. And I haven't watched a commercial in 30 years. So, you know, we mute the commercials. I mean, I don't do commercials. But uh, we, we were watching this and it, you have to do commercials. So we mute it. In other words, it's there, but you know, we're not paying attention. I am horrified at how our culture now is normalizing obesity. This is wrong because this is the real problem. I didn't come to church to hear this. Hey, 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 I love you. I'm working on my weight. And you think you got a problem? Try the 66. Because when they talk about the metabolism clock slowing down, they are not kidding. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Amen. 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 I'm working on it. And uh, see, I love you. 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Amen. 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 I'm not condemning anybody. Amen. But I'm saying it's wrong for our culture. It's wrong for our society to normalize this because this is the number one health problem in these United States. Amen. 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 And as we saw the last two years, it has big ramifications for something that comes along. Some bug comes along and all the stuff related to it, hypertension, diabetes, all the stuff related to it. So I love you. Amen. I want to see you live long. This is not Star Trek, but I want you to live long and prosper. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's okay for church. It's okay for church. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, he goes where angels fear to tread. Amen. Amen. Because I love you. Amen. And we don't have to do it by uh, Friday. And this is a holiday. Tomorrow's a holiday. So uh, nothing counts tomorrow. Amen. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, go to work on it. Amen. And f- so you'll feel better. Amen. Amen. Feel better. Amen. Live longer. Amen. Spend less on all this stuff. You know, amen. See, they, they are lying to people. They're lying to people. They're lying to people that you don't have to do a doggone thing. Just take a pill. They're lying to people. You don't have to do a doggone thing, amen. Just, you know, uh, eat what you want and lay around and go get a shot. Look, it's all a lie. It's all a lie. You have got to take care of yourself. Amen. 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 Number three, it is your seed faith giving that increases your faith. You want more faith? It is your seed faith giving that increases your faith. Luke 17, 5 and 6, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Wouldn't that be great? Increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. So they say to the Lord, increase our faith. And he goes to talking about seeds. It's amazing. 
See, the further we get as a culture from the land, the dumber we get. Everybody thinks that chicken comes from packages and apples come from the grocery store. A hundred years ago, if you, ha if you wanted apples, what would you have to do a hundred years ago? Talk to me. If you wanted apples a hundred years ago, what would you have to do? You'd have to plant apple seeds. And then you could have apples as long as you lived. Because that is the way God designed the earth and his faith system. Faith is a seed. What did Jesus mean by saying faith is a seed? He meant a seed sown. He meant doing something about what you say you believe. Your faith is not released, nor will your faith grow until you release the faith you have by planting a seed. In other words, you have to convert your believing to faith by doing something about what you say you believe. Number four, on every farm in the world, it is the farmer who is in control of the harvest, both in kind and quantity. The farmer is in control of the seeds he plants. The farmer is in control of the type of seeds he plants. And the farmer is in control of the quantity of seeds he plants. If the farmer plants cotton, he doesn't have any right to complain when he reaps uh, corn. If the farmer owns 500 acres and he plants cotton on 100 acres, he doesn't have any right to complain that he didn't harvest 500 acres. The farmer is in control. The farmer decides what kind of seeds to sow, the quantity of seeds to sow, the type of seeds to sow. So the farmer is in control of the harvest he reaps, both in kind and quantity. There is a disassociation going on in our culture, and they are not only, the last two Sundays I said they're sowing confusion at every point, but there is a disassociation going on in our culture because every government policy from the mid-60s forward has encouraged divorce. Every government policy from the 60s forward has encouraged not working, welfare, stay at home, live in government housing, collect a check. Everything is designed to destroy the nuclear family. Now they have piled onto that with all this sexual confusion. Then everybody is supposed to be shocked, shocked, shocked when you have all this crime and you have all these sociopaths and all these psychopaths. Listen, I delivered newspapers for the Detroit Free Press in Detroit starting when I was 12 years old to when we were 14 and we moved. And the, I delivered the paper. And the most you ever read about in Detroit, Michigan back in those days was a liquor store holdup. You didn't have all this anger. You didn't have all this mass shooting. You didn't have all this sociopathic and psychopathic behavior. And anytime any of this stuff goes on, it's a holiday Sunday. I've already been offensive. May as well just pile on. Anytime you have any of this stuff go on, there are common characteristics there, and one of them is a fatherless situation. So everybody wants to put a Band-Aid on the cancer. 
And let me tell you something else too. A lot of this is the fault of the preachers who stop preaching the Word of God. They stop preaching the Bible. I mean, even if somebody stumbled into a church, how are they going to get saved if they never hear the Word of God preached and no preacher gives an altar call? See, they want us to believe everything is luck, everything is chance, everything is, you know, it's not. Seeds have been sown. And the harvest is coming in. Are you hearing me? Seeds have been sown. And the harvest is coming in. So tell your neighbor, if you don't like your harvest, change what you've been sowing. Tell the neighbor on the other side, if you don't like your harvest, change what you've been sowing. You know, this is not like putting a man on the moon. This is not hard stuff. Amen. I said this is not hard stuff. You know, if you don't like what you, what's coming up in the yard, well, change what you're planning. And then also I had a weird experience yesterday. I go outside and, and I see a piece of shrubbery, a piece of a shrub had broken off and was laying on top of a brand new periwinkle that had been planted. And so I pick up this piece of shrub that had broken off and all these periwinkles are all beautiful. They're coming up. They're growing. See, they just got planted. Some of them are starting to bloom, but not all. So they're making progress. They're growing. They're coming up. But the one that had the broken piece of shrub on top of it was near death. And I thought of y'all. And I thought of America. And I thought of the culture. Because you take something that has all the potential in the world, if it does not have light and water, it's going to die. And where do you find light and water? In a place where the Word of God is being preached. Hallelujah. You get the light of the Word of God. And then you have the watering of the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, you can take somebody and they get saved. But if they got some bucket mouth buddy or if they've got a lot of negative people around them, that is like something blocking the sunshine and blocking the rain. And they are not going to blossom. They're not going to bloom. They're not going to grow and, and become something beautiful in God. Amen. 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 Every fetus in the eyes of our Father God is totally, absolutely beautiful and has absolutely all the potential in the world. And Satan, you don't think God's doing this to you. Satan, his first job is to kill him in the womb. And if they get out of the womb to kill them in a public school, I'm talking about kill their potential in, a, in the public school Amen. or kill their potential with, uh, a, 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 in a stepfather or a parade of boyfriends. The way people speak to their children. And you got to love them. You got to speak life to them. Amen. See, what are you doing? Parents, not just parents, grandparents. 
My mom and dad just harangued us. You don't hear that word often used, harangued. To, to take Austin and Christina somewhere without us. Look, we know more now than we did then. If anybody ever wants to spend time with your children without you being there, you need to ask yourself a great big why. And so they come back, they took them to the Cincinnati Zoo, and the report was Austin was terrible, Austin was ill-behaved, can't take Austin anywhere ever again. And so Sue gets into this, you know, in a gentle way, what happened, and Austin, you know, is trying to fight back the tears and tell the story and all that. Well, it wasn't actually until years later we figured it out. We never did understand what happened until years later we took them to the Cincinnati Zoo. The, the issue was Austin wanted to ride the train a second time. Don't let me anywhere, you know, my grandchildren, whatever you want. You want a bicycle? Fine. You want three? Okay. In other words, my answer is always yes. But now that's not a parent, that's a grandparent. I have a whole different function now. But years later, we took them to the Cincinnati Zoo and we, f we figured it out. You know what it was? You want to know what it was? What do you think it was? At the end of the day, what's it about? We found out that it costs money to ride the train. And they didn't want to spend the money for another train ride. So if he's a little guy, five years old or whatever, burst into tears. So he's ill-behaved. You can't take him anywhere and all of this. How many of you believe God can bless you to where you can afford a second train ride? Amen. Amen. God can bless us. We don't have to be cheap, you know what? With our wife, with our children, with our grandchildren. How about this? We don't have to be cheap with God. Number five, the power of seed faith giving is to give so that it may be given to you. Now, I know, I know there's resistance to this. You're just given to get. Look, that if giving to get were a sin, every farmer would be a sinner. If giving to get were a sin, every person with a garden would be a sinner. Why do you plant seeds in a garden? To get. Amen? And so... We know we're okay on this because Jesus said, Luke 6, 38, Give, and it shall be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So he said, Give, and it will be given to you. He did not say, After it's given to you, give. No, the giving comes first. The principles of faith are very similar to the principles of seed time and harvest operative in the earth. The action comes first. I mean, do you, do you lose weight and then regulate your calories? Do you lose weight and then start lifting weights? The action always precedes the result. Do they throw you in jail and then you rob the bank? Talk to me. Do they throw you in jail and then you rob the bank? No. The act, say it out loud. The action... Always precedes the result, then the reaping. What we harvest in life is in direct proportion to the seed that we plant, both in kind and quantity. 
And every miracle of God begins with a seed. Jesus, speaking about his own death, said in John 12, 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So only what you give God can be multiplied back to you. If you want a miracle, you have to plant a seed. You've got to plant a seed of faith. Number six, new ground. God's creative power is always released in seed form. Say it out loud. God's creative power is always released in seed form. Every miracle must begin with a seed because everything produces after its own kind. Genesis 1:11. then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. So everything starts with a seed. Everything starts with a seed, and every miracle of God starts with a seed. Genesis 8:22. as long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So if we have faith as a seed, what does that mean? If we release our faith, if we take action and do something about what we say we believe, nothing will be impossible for us. Because Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as a seed, or if your believing becomes seed faith, no matter how small it seems to be, it will meet needs and problems that appear as impossible as mountains to move before you. This is because each act of faith is a seed planted and will be multiplied many times over. This means that whatever you can conceive and believe, you can achieve. We know this from Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, his work within us, his work where? According to his work with his power, which is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Because Jesus said nothing will be impossible for you. That's why we're not afraid of phase two. That's why we're not afraid. We're not afraid. We're not afraid. Say it out loud. God is with us. So we are not afraid. Say it again. God is with us. So we are not afraid. Every miracle begins with a seed planted. You know, I, we, I had the most exper uh, unusual personal experience this week. I don't know why, but Sue and I got to talking about her father. And I, I said this. It just came out of my mouth. I said, you know, he made it by the skin of his teeth. What does that mean? He lived his whole life for self. And on his deathbed, literally. Not that many hours before he passed. Sue was there. See, we weren't worried about the money. I sent her up there. And uh, he, he, he got a little better. And she came back, and then he went back in the hospital. I said, you got to go again. So she went again. See, in other words, not being afraid of that money. Amen. And literally just hours before he passed into eternity, she led him in the prayer. He finally submitted. He finally agreed. He prayed the prayer. And I've never had this experience in my life. I've been preaching the gospel 49 years. I preached my first sermon June of 1973 
And I sat there and I wept. I'd never, I'd never had this emotion. And I told her. I said, he made it. I said, my whole life given to God would be worth it for him to make it. And we've won hundreds of thousands to Jesus. But one, you're sitting here this morning, probably everybody here's got an unsaved relative who's older. What would it be worth? What's it worth that they not spend not a day or a week or a month in hell? See, man is an eternal being. Those squirrels out in your yard, why do they act crazy? They're hardwired to be crazy. You know, birds, we had trouble with birds, kept coming back, you know, building a nest where we didn't want it. You know, oh my gosh, why can't they change their behavior? They're hardwired to do what they're doing. But man is different. Man is created in God's class. Man is eternal. Now, we, we had a beginning, unlike God. God didn't have a beginning, but we, we had a beginning, but we will not have an end. Man is an eternal being, and man has... The right of choice, man has been created in God's class. And that's why the prison for the lawbreakers has to be eternal. Because when someone makes up their mind to be a criminal and they're an eternal being, the prison has to be eternal. So what's it worth to save one person from that eternal destiny? See, our problem is we live our lives and we're thinking about the rent that's coming up. We think about the insurance bill that's coming up. We think about, you know, all this stuff that in the perspective of eternity is not really that important. See, the farmer is in control of the seeds he plants. And the land doesn't care who the farmer is. Everything produces after its own kind. Every miracle of reproduction starts with a seed. So I got off course there talking about Jesus. Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abideth alone. He was talking about himself. See, that miracle of salvation began with a seed. God planted a seed by the Holy Spirit of God in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And our miracle of salvation began with a seed. And when people get born again, how do they get born again? Because the Word. You're sitting here this morning. The Word of God is going forth. We're actually teaching and preaching out of the Bible. We're giving you the references. We're teaching and preaching out of the Bible. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God is a seed. And when the Word of God is preached, when the Word of God is declared, when the Word of God is faithfully taught and preached, it becomes a seed planted and it bringeth forth much fruit. Can someone say amen? amen? So for our faith to work, there has to be an act of believing, something that we do in order to release our faith. In order for our faith to work, it must be a seed, a seed of faith, a seed faith of action of planting our seed in order for it to reproduce, something that we do to convert our believing into faith. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the fourth step in the biblical wealth development strategy, which is so the money. 
Every miracle of God begins with a seed planted in faith. This ministry is here today because we took the profit from the sale of our first house in Jimmy Carter's inflation days. After tithes, we had $20,000 and we sowed it as a seed. It's unbelievable. All this is here based on that. And then, then we, we accelerated that seed. We magnified that seed. We blew that up. When we planted that seed in Mombasa, $500,000, which became $600,000 back in 97 through 2000. You bring that up in 2022 dollars, about $2.3 million. We sowed that seed. We, we did everything we, we did. Everything you see here, we did by employing these principles that we're teaching the, the, in these days, the last few weeks, the last three Sundays especially. See, if you want to harvest like you've never seen before, then you need to sow a seed like you've never sown before. A lot of people think they're going to give their $5 a Sunday, their $10 a Sunday, you know, whatever it is. They don't even take into account inflation. When God asks you to give out of your life, it's only because he's preparing to give into your life. Do not fear the leading of the Holy Spirit with regard to money. Hear me now. Do not fear the leading of the Holy Spirit of God when it comes to money. When God is speaking to you to give something above and beyond the tithe, God is not trying to get money from you. God is trying to get money to you. How many of you understand God doesn't need anything we have? God doesn't need anything we have. God would not dare to ask you to give without setting you up to receive. Your giving is God's ticket to earth. God will never diminish your life. God will only add to or multiply into your life. And a lot of times God gives us some money, but it's not enough. If what you have does not meet your need, then that is your seed. Because the word of God specifically says that he gives seed to the sower. So a lot of times he puts money in our hands and it's not enough. Well, if it's not enough, it's not our harvest. It is our seed. Yield what you have to God and he'll multiply it. Your giving is but a small thing next to what God wants to do in your life. What are we talking about in these days? We're talking about what the kingdom of God is like. Now listen, I want to pause and I want to give God the credit, the glory and the honor. I want to be perfectly clear. I don't want there to be any misunderstanding. I give God the credit, the glory and the honor for everything done here. We, we didn't do any of it by our smarts. We didn't do any of it because we're so wonderful. We did it based on the written word of God and we did it based on following the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm here to tell you because in both the, it's one of the few things that is stated in both the Old and New Testaments that God shows favoritism to no man. God is a respecter of no man. And what God has done for one because he's a God of his word. You know, old school thinking was a man is as good as his word. So if your word is no good, you're no good. Well, the same thing holds true with God. If God's word is no good, then that means God is no good. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God is a God of his word. And the same word that worked for us is the same word that will work for you. And the same God that honored his word in our lives is the same God that will honor his word in your life. So we stand and we are very clear about it 
we give our Father God all the credit, all the glory, all the honor for everything done here. Everybody saved, everybody healed, everybody set free, everybody delivered. These are not the works of a man. These are the works of Father God through his word by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the working of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And God wants to get you there. I said, God wants to get you there. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God wants to get you there. Tell the neighbor on the other side, God wants to get you there. Amen. But, uh, you know, we just got to give up this whole Bernie Sanders Christianity, hyper grace, doesn't matter what we do. This is total and complete nonsense. If it didn't matter what we did, why would Jesus say, give and it shall be given unto you? It's just utter nonsense. And I'm, I'm really... I'm really ashamed at some of the preachers preaching this because it all has to do with uh, numbers and money and all of that. It's, it's, it's terrible. You're, you're, they're just, if you're watching, I know you're not. You're wrecking people. Amen. They don't want to hear me. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, he's wonderful. And if you'll take action based on his word, he'll change your life for the better. Let's bow our heads. I want to give an opportunity for people to make their decisions and commitments for the Lord this morning. See right there, you got to do something because the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. We're not going by somebody's theory, idea, or opinion. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and if you will confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. See right there, you have to do something. So it matters what you do. It matters what you do. There are people here this morning, I'm sure, maybe watching by television, and you've never done that. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life individually and personally. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. So the opportunity is there because he did the work. Jesus did the work. We cannot save ourselves. Jesus did the work. But what we can do is we can take action on what we say we believe. We can believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. We can confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord. We can confess our sins to Father God in the name of Jesus and we can ask for his forgiveness and he will hear us and he will answer us and we will be saved. We will be born again. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me? I want to give my life to Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be included in this prayer. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. This is my day. Anyone here this morning? There may be others here this morning and you're away from God. You're backslidden. You're not living for the Lord like you once did. You're not living for the Lord like you promised him you would. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. And I'm not enjoying the benefits of the Word. I'm not enjoying the benefits of a covenant relationship with Father God as you have taught this morning. But Pastor, I don't want to remain in a backslidden condition. Pray for me. I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to make it right. And I want to live for him from this day to my last day. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Anybody this morning? 
Father, I thank you for your word. It is an incorruptible seed. It has gone forth into the hearts of the hearers, and it will not return to you empty or void, but it will accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you've sent it. And for this, I give you my praise. And everyone in agreement said amen. amen. Say amen again. Amen. amen. We're so glad. We're so glad. We're so glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And I'm so glad to be here and to be alive and to speak his word. It's my my privilege and my joy to know him and to love him and to love his word. 